Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. It's been one year since the pandemic started. You know what? The Bare Naked Ladies should do a song. It's been one year since the pandemic started. It should be like that. Can you believe it's been this long? I can because time is a flat circle. Time is paradoxical. Back to you, Dogonetso. I had I had that that intro in mind the yeah whole time. He, he told he told me about three different times before so he's like i got the perfect opening for this podcast you're not gonna believe this one jimmy it's gonna knock your socks off knock the socks off you just like just mm-hmm. like the title of the last podcast that wow, you that. wow call back that's good storytelling that's good writing i know we don't write our podcast we don't script these we don't cheat but yeah yeah it's been a rough year but i mean i've got hockey on i can't complain yeah and i mean we've got our podcast going yeah. It's been I'm 11 not, months yeah, since not, we started it up. It's going to be not, next month. It'll be a year. Not excruciating at all. It's, you know, we're, we're fine. We're cool. We're fine. We're all right. So in my life, it's oh. uh, like I bring up every at the beginning of every podcast. It's been it's been super crazy. It's <laughs> this like, podcast is your therapy. Yeah, basically. Just, yeah. Mm. Um, But yeah, I'm still in the process <laughs> of moving. Actually, next week we get the keys to our new house, and then we're going to start moving. So hopefully by the end of March, uh, oh. things are back to normal, at least in terms of podcast future? schedule, because it's are just you future? Been Sorry? Are you future? Yeah, yeah. You got the keys. I got the keys. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Some, half the shit I say in this podcast when it comes to jokes, I say it, and then it hits me, and I'm like, literally any person at any time could go on YouTube or Spotify or now Apple on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can now check us out on Apple Podcasts. 
and they can really it. they can hear that whenever they want to, and they go, "Wow!" That In the past week, sucks. <laughs> since we moved over to Apple. Why does he keep saying I can? What the fuck is going on? I can. So, yeah. I mean, imagine being required on the PJ's cast. God, that'd be great. <laughs> so we talked about how, like, you know. He's really not the worst. And I still stand by the fact that he does he does not mean any harm from what I see. He's just kinda, you know, he's just kind of a kind of a doofus. But man, having to listen to him during that lightning game <laughs> I stand by that statement. I also man <laughs> you wanna bring up the comments that he made on Patrick Maroon? Oh my god. Oh good no no I'm, I I gotta do this one. I gotta do this one. Well there's a there's the Patrick Maroon one. Um, oh no! This, yeah, the Patrick Maroon one where uh, he says, <laughs> "Where John Forslund calls in the big ring, and then just like silence for a second and fear, just hey, that's that's Jimmy Alexiak's nickname back in Dallas." <laughs> <laughs> and then like, John Forslund silence, and then you hear Forslund. Well, when you're six something and you know that big, you you kind of qualify for that name. <laughs> and just your parent. I think he just like laughed or something. It's just I'm like, man, we are back. Oh, it is just prime time, Pierre. Oh man. Again, um, look up the top ten pure, weirdest Pierre Maguire moments. And the best thing is those aren't even like I think since then there's definitely ones that like could be slotted in there, no question. The Kendall Coin one was Ooh, that one. Oh boy, that that's one. that's like trying, that's like watching an episode of like The Office, man. It's just too cringy. That, exactly, exactly. And again, it's I like, don't think he re- like I really don't think he realizes what he's doing because look at all the other shit he says. Like he does not realize what a dork he's making of himself. Like, and that's not me trying to defend. What he did was very bad. Like that's a terrible example of or a good example of mansplaining and a terrible example of how mansplaining to a man a person be a male um but uh, yeah i think it's kind of like a tragic thing i don't think he realizes what he's even doing uh, but not to excuse it um and then oh it's because they're both about patrick maroon because then patrick maroon gets a breakaway uh back to um uh his uh, his patrick maroon um uh, just comments, whatever. I think it was him. I don't think it was Kaloran. Yeah, it was Maroon. I'm very sure it was Maroon. He gets a breakaway. Maybe Keith, you know, like hooks him. And then they don't call penalty shot, you know, for some reason. But um, they get a, you know, then Pierre's like, I think he was going, that should be a penalty shot or something like that. I don't know. Or he's like mentioning how he's calling for it. You know, Maroon's calling for it. And then, uh, you know, Lightning get the power play. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maroon scores, and then Pierre says something like, "John, you know, he called for the penalty shot, but he got his goal. He got his goal." And then, like, <laughs> he goes on about Maroon for a good minute, you know. And then, uh, you know, that that's what he does. And then, I uh, probably mentioned where he, you know, played basketball when he was thirteen or something like that, and you know, got his ice cream, you know, on Sundays. Knows his and, uh, uh, uncle's uh, blood type. His uncle's dog's cousin's friend's cat's blood type. Yeah. Um. And, uh, yeah, and then he talks about all that, and then he just goes, John, he got his goal! <laughs> like, I'm just sitting there like, Pierre, it's 6-3. I, I think it's okay, man. I don't think he's... I don't think he's crying over that. <laughs> Thank God, guys. You know what I mean? There's only 10 minutes left. But you know what, man? Oh, thank God I got my goal. What does Pat Maroon have to cry about? He's won back-to-back Stanley Cups, man. 
I'm sure he was crying over the 6-3 goal, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. And the guy who's known as, like, the team guy, I'm sure he's, you know, just dying for his goal. Yeah. That one random goal <laughs> in a 6-3 game. Hmm. But uh, I guess we can kind of transition from there into why. Because, you know, that's a recent Blackhawks game, and, you know, we'd like to talk about uh, where the Hawks are at. Uh, we are a Blackhawks podcast, after all. We are? I thought the red, white, and black was for uh, just, uh, you know, just show. For, but... for Canada? Oh, oh, I, I want to change it now. I'm not too sure about that. <laughs> but, <clears throat> but, yeah, well, let's let's touch on that, you know. Uh, halfway through the season, you know, I – I want to ask you, what are your thoughts? Like, where do you see this team? Uh, do you see them as a playoff team? Um, I, I don't know, man. Like, I'm, I really – I haven't actually uh, heard what you think about them, uh, even as we've been talking. So, yeah, what's going on, Well, man? it's it's really house money. Like, no matter what happens, I think it's a good season for this team. But the key to me is that they have to sell – their players like Janmark and Soderberg at the trade deadline. Like that's the key for me. Other than that, no matter what happens, um, it's house money. You know, if they make the playoffs somehow, uh, you know, that's just a bonus. And we're going to get into that later about like how they're going to, they're going to handle the trade deadline. But um, um, you look at the standings, uh, clearly the three best teams in the division are Tampa, Carolina, and Florida. And the Blackhawks, so proud of them. So yeah. glad they're ahead of Florida and doing well. And you, you look at the, the the four teams that are not in it. So Columbus, we're going to talk about them later. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're a little too far out to kind of come back and get on a winning streak. And same with Nashville, I'm obviously. Bad, Detroit, bad, but I think there is a little bit too much going on behind the scenes that probably gets in the way of them having enough chemistry to really go on a crazy run. Because that team is really held together by chemistry and a system. And when you when you lose one of those things, I really don't think you can like get back from that, especially halfway through the year. But honestly, the fourth spot of that division, because I think Tampa, Carolina, and Florida are locked in, but the fourth spot to me now is between Chicago and Dallas. Um, Dallas hasn't played as many games because of the whole Six COVID months. situation and uh, I th- the Texas like the snowstorm or whatever it was and. So they haven't had as many games played, but you look at the point percentage, the Blackhawks do have a better point percentage, and they did beat them last game, albeit losing the game before that. But um barring barring a Dallas barring a Dallas like winning streak, I think Chicago could make the playoffs. Like they just have to stay at at least five hundred. Like if they can stay at five hundred, they, they probably make the playoffs, honestly. Yeah, it's a really such a weird situation, isn't it? You know, with this season and the COVID and all that, where you see one yeah. team, 29 games played, and then somebody else in their division, 23, 24, 22, somewhere in that range. Yeah, I I, I pretty much have to agree with you. Like, I don't really have any uh, – I, I don't really disagree in any way. I mean, yeah, you got to sell those pieces. And, I, 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 yeah, I don't think Columbus has any uh, – I don't think they're any kind of threat. I don't think Nashville – they have John Hines behind the bench. I don't worry about them. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to worry like about Like getting them. into the playoffs. The I don't think for a second there's anything there with him behind the bench. Um, but yeah, Dallas, they've been a weird team this year. You know, they uh, we talked about in the last podcast, they said, nah, we like our flag song, and then they lost, what, seven games in a row. Or something. <laughs> yeah, it was just an awful stretch. And their one win was like a 50-save <laughs> shutout. Yeah, Florida <laughs> just going balls to the walls and – yeah, it, just insanity. 
the fact that they even won that game. Um, I forget how the shot totals were. We sort of saw something similar with the Hawks this last game, but we'll, we'll get into that. But, um, yeah, it, it, Dallas, you know, if it wasn't for that stretch, I, they'd probably be, you know, the easy pick for the fourth spot in that in that uh, in the playoff seeds. But, uh, yeah, I'm, and this, isn't this a team without Tyler Sagan at the moment? Yeah, they do have some injuries, and, you know, while that is, you can see us look at Chicago. Their top yeah. three centers are out. They're so winning with David Kampf, uh, Lucas Walmart, and Carl Sewer as their centers, P.S. Suter as well. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we don't know when Taves will be back. Doc, we'll get into that later as well, yeah. looking a little bit ahead of schedule. But, yeah, so, you know, teams obviously – two teams obviously have, you know, very big injuries, um, but I feel that – with Dallas, I don't know, you get Sagan back, that's a huge boost to that team. That He's kind of their firepower on four besides Radulov. Is Radulov, he's not playing, is he's, he? He's injured as well. No, no, he's not see, I didn't see him during those games. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, so clearly two teams, you know, you know, losing some of their big guns. So I guess you can't really say, oh, this team, you know. Yeah, kind of, I guess, forget the entire thing I was saying. Um, <laughs> they, both got, they both got big stars injured. Uh, pun intended. Um, uh, but yeah, I. It's for me. It's hard to bet against Dallas just because that I they don't know, were two wins away from the cup last year. Yeah, like I know they had that stretch, but man, I don't know. That's a good team. It's a good team. We saw it the yeah. last games against the Hawks. It's hard for me to count them out. So, if I'm a betting man, I'm picking the Dallas Stars. Yeah, but, I agree. Yeah, but obviously it's all all uh, up to be seen. Uh, but with the Hawks, they're, where they are halfway through the year, uh, obviously not – well, I shouldn't say. Obviously, personally, I don't see them as a team that should be in the playoffs. They're not at that level um, in terms of, you know, like they aren't – they just aren't there. There's inexperienced players. Um, well, eh, kind of, I guess. But it's, it's an inexperienced group in terms of, you know, how they are, what they There's are. There's such an imbalance between the experience. Like, obviously, you got Patrick Kane and Duncan Keith, but then yeah. guys like uh, Brandon Hanko have never played a, a Stanley Cup playoff game. So, Suter, Kurashev, both fists yeah. have got completely got taste, tossed, tossed around yeah. in the playoffs. Um, Ian Mitchell, um, I mean, Nikita Zadorov, known uh, playoff veteran, would be there, so he wouldn't have to worry too much. Um, I keep bragging on him. He's not that bad. I just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He, he does not deserve the flag. Again, it's the whole context of the trade. If we trade someone else that isn't Brandon Saad for oh, him, do we brag on him as much? Even, even without Saad, though, it's just, he's just kind of that player who's just kind of like, he's so... He's a scapegoat. He's a well, he's polar. He's so polarizing. One game, he's like really solid. The next game, he's just spinning around. But yeah. uh, aside from that, yeah, a very, very mixed team in terms of experience, like you said. Um... And I guess I shouldn't say – because they are buying into that system. They are buying into the system very well. That's the best part about this team. But I think that they just don't have the personnel to pull it off at the level you need to in the playoffs. They're good. They're very good. But I don't know if they have that next level that you need in the playoffs to do anything. And you and I talked about this before the podcast. And I think you have some more thoughts on this. But I, I'm worried they don't sell these pieces. A Yanmark, a Soderberg, those are a couple of guys who I really – I love Yanmark. I've loved his game before he was in the Blackhawks. And obviously he's done a great job here in Chicago. His offensive output's gone up like a lot of people thought he would with Colton. 
And Soderberg has been very solid as of late uh, offensively. So, you know, there's a couple of guys you whom people thought, you know, hey, you sell them to come trade deadline because everyone thought this would be a, a complete basement team. But um, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm a bit worried that Stan Bowman's going to kind of fall in love with this team and, you know, see playoff revenue. And, you know, I, I don't know. If this team is going to make the playoffs, I don't think there's any chance that he sells. I just don't see it. So, I don't know. I want to hear your thoughts on that. Well, regarding on like Dallas and Chicago fighting the fighting for the fourth spot, yeah, I think Dallas is going to come back. But at the same time, if they don't get on a winning streak soon, the season is short. Like, it's yeah. they, if if they're going to make it, they got to start winning now. If they don't, then they're in a lot of trouble. It's it's going to be a dig a uh, deep hole to get out of. And if Chicago, like I said again, if they can just say like above, it is very, very dig hole to deep out of. I do agree. Is that what I said? <laughs> I think I don't know. I think I don't even know. Uh, oh, but uh, I think we've got a. Oh, do we have a visitor? Do we have a guest? We almost, we almost had a guest uh, appearance for my niece, oh, but wow. she, is, she was brought back upstairs. She's camera shy. Wow. No, she is very not, and I know someone. Took her away. <laughs> I know someone took her away. She is the opposite of camera shy. I can probably yeah, obviously, as you can hear. But actually, to your point. To, to your point. point just to piggyback well, off. Of your piggyback off of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dallas would have to win every single game in hand to be tied with the Blackhawks. Yeah, that, you know what? Ooh. Well, Chicago, yeah, go on with what you were saying. Though. Oh, yeah, and if the Blackhawks even just stay 500 and, like, the Dallas, even if Dallas picks it up, gets a few wins, if Blackhawks stay at 500, they probably make the playoffs, honestly. Because if this was a full 82-game season, I would comfortably say Dallas is going to get back in. But, again, it's only 56 games. If Dallas doesn't get their shit together, start getting on a big winning streak here, they they might... Uh, get it together, they got to pack their shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Pack your shit. Hashtag pack your shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I again, I still think Dallas makes it, but... If they don't get on a winning streak, dude, they they might not make it. Well, and the reason I still lean a little bit towards Dallas is the last three games for the Hawks have been uh, not exactly encouraging. Um, you know, they had that 3 nothing lead. Last time that I felt good about this team was when they scored that third goal against the Lightning. And it just kind of felt like all downhill from there. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, and, yeah, you know, we all know how that went. They left that lead, ended up being a. Uh... Let her come down. Let her come down. Yo, we got a guest coming on. Come here, Emily. What does your What does your niece know about hockey? Uh, well, she did actually work with uh, Manny Elk on Corsica, so she's actually oh, yeah. got some experience there. Wow, is she behind the scenes at Evolving Wild? Aww. <laughs> <laughs> the youngest, the youngest PJ's cast guest that we've ever had. <laughs> uh, Amelie, how do you feel about the Dallas Stars' chances this season? My chances. <laughs> Dallas Stars gonna make the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah. Wow, she said it here. The Blackhawks are missing, so you heard it here. Our hockey expert. There you go. Our resident hockey expert has said that the Dallas. You know, I had a lot of hopes this season, but yeah. you know, I, I can't, I can't deny an opinion from someone like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, trusted hockey insider, trusted, uh, trusted hockey insider Amelie Morrill. Yeah, very yeah. big words from her. Um, but 
yeah, with this team looking the way they had, they you know, they completely blew that lead against the Lightning. And yes, the Lightning are a great team. And I I, I was saying, you know, it's it, the fact that you even had a lead against that team is very good. It's a great sign, but it didn't end there. They got uh, uh they lost to Dallas uh in an interesting fashion. But then they won in an interesting fashion, so that's yeah. how hockey works. But they, I mean, they were outplayed by Dallas in the game they lost. They were outplayed in the game that they won, and they were outplayed in the game that they won. Like even, I'd say they were outplayed even more than they were in the game that they lost. <laughs> and so it's, you know, yeah, there's a W on the score sheet, but it's showing the cracks are starting to show. You're seeing that they are relying on the goaltenders more than they, you know, more than a team that you know that makes the playoffs should be if you want to go anywhere. Um, so I mean. Uh, yeah, they they look like they might start to be starting to be regressing to where they should be. Uh, regressing to the mean. Regressing to the mean. Yeah. So uh, I, what I'm worried about is that in in terms of playoff hopes, I Dallas seems to be heating up, and the Hawks seem to be doing the opposite. So I'm still gonna stick with Dallas. I know that it's a big gap at the moment, but I I don't know, man. I think that the odds are gonna be much more in Dallas' favor. Here's something I wanted to bring up. Um, so for the past few years, like 2018, 2019, 2020, it seems like the Blackhawks would always get off to a really rough start, and then they have that stretch in December, and then everyone would be like, oh, the Blackhawks are heating up, maybe they make it this year, and then they just like run out of gas because they're too far behind, and then they try to catch up, but they can never end up like getting to a playoff spot. Remember, I think it was 2018, 2019, we won a game, and I can't remember who it was against, and we were in a playoff spot for, like, three hours. Yeah. <laughs> and then that was the only time we were in a playoff spot at that point in the season. It just seems like the good thing about this year is the Blackhawks won so many games early that this can afford them to maybe have a bit yeah. of a losing streak because if we had a rough start like we have in the past couple of years, we're probably yelling a bit more about what has happened the past few games. But... The good thing is we've won those games. Like we've had a decent start. We're above 500, including uh, regulation and overtime losses. Because either way, they're both still losses. But if if we if we lost if if we didn't have that good of a start, then and we're we're going through this right now, then that's it's, it wouldn't be a good thing. But you know, it's it's a good thing that it's happening right now and how it's happened with this team. It's a very young team for the most part, and there's going to be mistakes made. It sucks watching you blow a 3 nothing lead against that good of a team of Tampa Bay, but at the same time, how angry can you really be? This team, for the most part, is trying every single game, and um, it's just... You gotta, you gotta, you gotta let this happen with a team like this. If it, if they were a more seasoned team, it'd be unacceptable, but oh, it, it's such a young team, man. I look at it this way. You know, of course, I still think that they're... Re- Regressing to the mean, uh, and I, I, I do worry that they continue that fall against Florida. We will see. We'll see. We'll see. But, but the way I look at it in terms of just uh, individual games, forget the playoffs. Like I really, and again, I don't really, I don't mind if they don't make the playoffs. I'm rooting for them each game. That's house money. It doesn't matter really exactly, what happens. Exactly. This team is not a contender. It's like that's not what they are, and that's fine. You know. Um, but, you know, so I'm not really, in, I'm not, you know, I do think that there's a good chance they miss. I'm not too worried about it. But the thing is, looking at individual games, you're going to get 
beaten like this by good teams when you're the Blackhawks, when you're this roster. That's going to happen. You know, whether they're whether they're a contender or not doesn't matter. The fact that they've even hung with these teams at all for them going forward is, you know, the team is really a franchise with these young guys and everything. That's huge. So, yeah, like I agree, you know, how angry can you be? I wouldn't say too angry. They're like, are you going to lose sleep over it? <laughs> oh, man. They're like, no, I'm not. But the you're team, actually like, it's like, God damn it. We the team that was supposed away. to be a basement team had a 3 nothing lead against the Lightning and just weren't able to hold on. Oh, man. Not only that, but they had a disappointment the game before that. And they yeah. were down 2 nothing, and they came back at 1. And the fact yeah. they got yeah. three to six points against Tampa Bay, that's really not bad for the quality of this team. Obviously... Oh. You te- realistically, they could have got six out of six out of Tampa Bay, but it's hockey. You're like the game the they should have won. They lost out of six out of six, man. Hey, come on, that's the game great. that they should have won, where they were up to nothing that they lost, and the game that they should have lost, they won. It's just again, it's hockey, man. It's 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 how it is all the time, pretty much. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you brought up tonight's game against Florida. We haven't played Florida since the beginning of the season, and uh, I think it's going to be a lot more different. I think it's going to be a lot more closer this matchup now that we've got our goalie. Um, because like at the beginning of the season, it was it was not good. We it yeah. looked like our team was so so lost out there. It's like ah, here we go again. But now we're actually in a decent spot. So I think it's going to be a it's going to be a lot more closer matchup. Florida, obviously, we've brought up multiple times is comfortably in a playoff spot they're not going to be a an easy team but you know again yeah. if we can keep it close keep competitive maybe grab a point out there because really at the, at this point of the season every single point matters so if they can even just get a point you know it's it's good it's good i think the uh florida I, I believe they just the other day pulled off a 4-1 comeback yeah down 4-1 against you know, the jackets came back and won uh we well, yeah i think we'll get a little bit into the uh team they beat and uh, stuff going on there. But, yeah, very good team. You know, that Coach Hugh guy, haven't heard much about him, but he seems to be doing a great job with that roster. Brought together by my boy, Bill Zito. Love Mr. Moneyball himself, Bill Zito. I mean, Patrick, fact that Colton and yeah, the fact that Colton and Quenville might go at it for the Jack Adams is kind of cool, actually. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, so... Colin, young guy, but he's going to be a great coach. He's going to be a great coach. Good argue already. Well, not a great coach, but he's a pretty damn good one. Solid coach. Just isn't that. I mean, he's he's doing what he can with the roster. Yeah, like we're like we said, we're past the point where it's like, oh, Colton's not a good coach. Like he he's not the right coach for this team. I think we're past that. I could just. I mean, like there again, every every head coach in the AHL makes. Stupid lineup decisions, or I lineup decisions that we don't agree with whatsoever. Yeah, but, when we had Coach Q, he'd always play like Roosevelt, give Roosevelt Brandon Mashinter, yeah, <laughs> Mashinter, <laughs> and then would play Daniel Carcillo on the first line with Tazen Jose. You know, like every oh coach my god, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll never forget, and this is not to say that the injury was not to, you know, root for an injury, but it's interesting that Carcillo, if he was not injured, would have been the top-line winger, and be, and if it wasn't for that, Brandon Saad would not have been <laughs> it would not have been a Rookie of the Year candidate. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, and it's like John Cooper played. Guest in one episode. 
Yeah, I know. And like J- John Cooper won the cup last year, played Jan Ruda and Zach Bogosian on his first pairing. So <laughs> first pairing? Oh, with like Hedman, right? Yeah, with Hedman. But that's the thing. I Victor Hedman can make anyone look good. Or a first pairing. Oh my god. Yeah. It's Tampa Bay Lightning, they can do it all. <laughs> yeah, I mean and, and so I don't hold that against the guy. And I mean the he's clearly look at the success he's had. And again, Lincoln and Subban, a lot of work there, uh, but they haven't always been the story. That's the great thing about this team. They have there are games where Lincoln and Ledden three or four. You know, this team has you know been scored on quite a few, and they've come back and they've you know and they've either won, they've made a game out of it. You know that again, that's so much more than you can ask from this roster. Yeah. And the develop like development wise, he has been fantastic. I mean, there really hasn't been a rookie that hasn't that's disappointed so far. And, you know, with guys like Mitchell, you know, he knows to sit the guy. I mean, well, you know, it happens with most coaches. But I trust that he's going to sit him and Mitchell's going to come back better. You see yeah. it at Spokefist. Bodan, you know, I think Bodan, you know, you can attribute that a lot to um, his own development and his own work. But but Carlton knew how to use him. He gave him a chance. And when he noticed he started to struggle, he, you know, they put him down to the AHL. He knows to bench him. Like, it's it's nice to have and and you, you see a lot of coaches around the league, man, that don't know how to do this. They do not know how to develop players. It's it's I'd say pretty hard to find a coach that knows how to do that well, at least as well as he's been doing it. So I don't know, man. I'm a I'm on the Colton train, I guess. It's weird. Yeah. Colton for Jack Adams and you brought up Bokefist. It's so interesting that he's so divisive because I think he's been great this year, especially since he's came back from the whole COVID thing. And he's our best defenseman, no questions. Not yeah, no. He's questions. our only. He's our only defenseman that's above water in terms of possession stats, and mm-hmm. he doesn't have quite the five on five stats. A lot of his stats are on the power play, but I mean. Uh, he's he's gonna have his defensive struggles again. He's only twenty years old. He doesn't turn twenty one till August, dude. Like he's got so many years ahead of him, and he was rushed too. He was totally rushed. Defenseman, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, well, we've talked about that. Yeah, young offensive defenseman. We, we know this. Like they take time. The fact that he's doing what he's doing at all at the age of twenty is remarkable. He's gonna be a project, and I mean, hey, if the project's going this well this early, this soon, I, I really have no complaints about it. I think Colin's done the best he can with pretty shit hand. He was dealt with Boakfist. Neither here, Boakfist was dealt a fair hand in terms of, you know, how he was brought up too soon and whatnot. So I, I, you I, I, the I, AHL. I will always rave about that, man. I always rave about yeah. Boakfist and, and the situation they had with him. But uh, what would you like to get to next? All right. So there's a, our friend of the show, um, uh, Scott Powers, and uh, his colleague Mark Lazarus um, released an article on The Athletic, and it's what we're hearing about the Blackhawks a month out from the trade deadline. So you had some skepticism yes, whether the Blackhawks would trade away guys like uh, Carl Soderberg and Matthias Mark, and uh, even though I do not have it uh, pulled up. So I'm just going to kind of go piece through piece through this article. Um no, Pierce, read every single word. Give us 20 Yeah, words. I'm going I'm I'm to read the whole thing. Boost the podcast time. We need so, more views. With the team likely to be in a dogfight for the fourth playoff spot in the Central Division this year, Stan Bowman surely has at least an itch to see if the missing piece is out there. But a leak source said Bowman is unlikely to fill into that, fall into that trap and that he's still focused on the bigger picture. 
He knows that the success this season is really just a bonus, the source says. They're still looking at another year or two before they're really done with the rebuilding process. So um, so the Blackhawks are sitting and waiting to see how the trade deadline market materializes before the April 12th deadline. So we're only a month away from the trade deadline. Multiple sources have said it's pretty quiet so far. One team source said Kirby Doc's quicker than expected recovery from broken wrists suffered at World Juniors is likely to serve as their biggest deadline acquisition. And can I just say this? I hate when a player is injured and it's like, oh, he's our, he, and it, once he comes out the trade deadline, oh, he's their acquisition. You don't cut off your arm and then grow back two arms, you know, like, or break your arm and then grow two or whatever, however the thing is, but you get my, you get my point. It's, uh, I, um, I mean, you're, you're, technically, you're, technically, you're not adding anything. He's just coming back. You know? You're adding what you had before. I mean, but it's still, I still love how you feel about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just, the Black Hawks, you know, just this, I just don't, you know, just funny how the Blackhawks wouldn't mind utilizing some of the cast space they've built up with so many players on long-term injured reserves. The turn, the team has a ton of space right now because of that with $22.09 million available from LTIR. The Blackhawks could take on a few expiring contracts. If teams were looking to move a player or two to free up cap space for another trade to better themselves for a Stanley Cup playoff run. But even beyond that, the Blackhawks would be opening open to taking on more than an expiring contract. They're set up pretty well cap wise for a few years, even with the Brent Seabrook contract remaining on the books and the unknown future of a few other players and would be able to exert some additional cap hits. Blackhawks likely wouldn't be one want to take on a contract that lasts past the 2021-22 season, they will eventually have their own cap concerns, but they have some flexibility for right now. Um, I'm going to go to this part. The sense around the league is teams are still trying to figure out whether it's worth going all in to win, trying to win a Stanley Cup this season with some teams not allowed to have fans in their arenas and others with limited attendance. So kind of back to your thing with how like they wanted to make the playoffs and go at it for revenue. That's kind of... You know, it's not really a thing this year. And um, at first, it sorry? sounded as if at first it sounded as if <laughs> I didn't know you meant. For some reason, I forgot that we're talking about the trade deadline. In my mind, it it was top teams that already have it going. Do we really want to go and win the cup this year with <laughs> no fans? <laughs> like, oh, you know, winning the cup is great and all, but. You know, I'd love for Austin Matthews to lift a cup in front of the fans, and if you can't do that, is it really worth it? Do we want to ruin our only chance to go for a Stanley Cup if there's no fans in the stands? But, uh, the Blackhawks might have to wait until the offseason, but the Vancouver Canucks could be a team looking to move a contract. Louis Erickson will be in the final year of his contract next season and will have a $600 cap. The Canucks could be a team looking to move many contracts, including Louis Erickson. <laughs> That's that really what stuck out to me. All his money in the offseason. But I, I don't know. I wouldn't mind that. I've said it before. I, I think it's better to get a forward in that in that regard because if you have a defenseman, it's half the player. It's half the uh, half the size in terms of players, right? You can – you can have a 13th forward and play him half the year. Having a 7th defenseman is a bit different, you know. At some point, that guy's probably going to get some minutes, you know, just because of that's just what it is. You know, you have a 7th defenseman, 7th defenseman get minutes. And, yeah, so I would 
I'd be I'd much rather be acquiring a forward. So I I really I've been saying it. I really think a Louis Erickson trade would. I really think that'd be good for the Hawks, especially if they really are looking to take a contract on like that. If someone came calling for any of the Blackhawks' expiring contracts, Chicago would be open to listening. Matthias Janmark and Carl Soderberg could draw interest. The way the Blackhawks see it, neither blocks the path of any other prospects right now, and both are helping the development of their young players. Their inclusion on this team is probably better than dealing them for a late-round pick as of now. Um, the Blackhawks... Okay, so at the bottom of this, the Blackhawks would probably be asking for an early round pick or, or, or a quality prospect. I think one, you get a second for one of those. I think you get yeah. a second for Carl Soderberg. You know, hockey guys like their big men and their net front presence and their, their you know, net front presence, you know, their, their size, uh, having per 60, I guess. Yanmark though. I mean, that, that's gotta be a player that like, I don't know, man. Any playoff team that wants a depth forward, I think he's exactly what you need. I, I would be, I'd be calling Stan Bowman about him. Carl Soderberg, I mean, I'm sure they will though. Like I said, size having per sixty is very important. So grip per sixty, don't forget that. Oh, for sure. You can't, you can't teach size. He's tall. <laughs> he's tall, so he has grit. He just, he just does. Yeah. Um, one Eastern. This is more like. The NHL abroad. One Eastern Conference executive said he expects a quieter than usual trade deadline because the incentive isn't nearly as great. Playoff revenue is huge for so many marginally profitable teams, but with so, so few fans in the building, not in the Blackhawks' case, it can be more expensive to play than not to play. So aside from true Stanley Cup contenders, there's little appetite to make a high-risk, high-reward trade just to see a round or two of playoff hockey. So if you're even worried about the Blackhawks, like um, sample and falling in love with this team and making a, a trade that's probably not going to happen. So that's I I understand. Ah oh, man, that's an interesting situation. I mean, how many teams though? How many teams are really going to be hurt? Like, I mean, it would be more expensive than not. But how many teams are really going to be hurt by that in the long run? I don't know. Arizona, at, I would think Arizona. There's no way you make that playoff. That you know that big playoff push. No, no. There's no way you. They can't. don't even have the assets to because they're no first exactly. pick this year. Yeah, and and every other. Yeah, they're not going to make a draft pick again. We know this. Um, I mean, their draft, I, their draft pick privileges are done after what they did last year. Shame that Ottawa. You know. We all know how hard they're trying to make the playoffs this year, but yeah, with that situation, definitely, you know, they won't be able to even go for it. A true shame. Uh, but I mean, I was gonna check if Anaheim was in the mix. Uh, they are kind of, a little, they're a little bit not. Um, oh, they're much not. Poor job, Gibson, man. He has no one. I need that fucking guy traded. Like, I need that guy fucking traded already. I'm so tired of seeing him in Anaheim. He is. One of the, he is by far the most talented goalie in the league. He's not. almost like Ryan Miller from like a few years back, just on on a terrible team forever. Yeah, except not a meth dealer behind the scenes. <laughs> uh, Mike Smith scares me when I see his face. I just need to say that he's kind of got like Robin Leonard vibes. Mm, kind of, kind of. Mike Smith. I just feel like he's gonna go after me with a hacksaw if I call him the wrong name yeah. which is great energy on the ice for you but i definitely want to definitely wouldn't want to meet him on the wrong day yeah. speaking okay. of 
working for him right now. The Oilers aren't doing too well or too bad, I should say. No, not at all. Not at all. No, he's been fantastic. He's been fantastic this year. What a what weird you... freaking goalie, man. Guys like, the guy's almost 40. The guy's almost 40 and he's doing this. Mike Smith is 38. Uh, he will be 39 next week. <laughs> oh my God. That's crazy. Well, the. the not next month, you know, eight days, nine days. I can't do math. Uh, yeah, he has had a 2.16 goals against average and a 0.927 save or goal, yeah, 0.927 save percentage. It, What's his record? His record's nine and two. Nine and two. What? And he was last year. He's. He had a 902 the year before. He had an 898, and then he had that good playoff, good playoff run. I want you to pull up his playoff stats from last year. I want you to pull up. Can you pull up his playoff stats from last year? Because he only played like that one period against the Blackhawks, and I'm pretty sure his stats are like obscure. Oh boy! (laughs) Is it gonna knock my socks off? His minutes played are 26, 32. His save percentage is 783. (laughs) His goals against average is eleven point three one. I know it's in a, I know it's in the vacuum in twenty six minutes, but it's just, and so now he's got a nine two seven. I know it's young season, but or young season for him, but dear God, <laughs> it's it's just funny because he's either really good or really bad. There's no in between. He is the most. So Jackal and Jackal and Hyde goalie as a goalie though. No, he Crazy. is the voodoo wizardry and bullshit goalie. Like he they <laughs> a hoodie with his face on it. Like that needs to be a thing. Because it's just you never know what you're getting with Mike Smith. You never know. No. He was and he was in 2018-19. He was bad in the regular season. He goes in the playoffs and he was I, I oh, believe right. he was arguably their best player. I think the- he was a 920 in that series loss against Colorado where they got destroyed. <laughs> I, I swear to God, man. <laughs> he's, he's hilarious. He wasn't funny in 2012. But you know, you know they're gonna start him in the playoffs this year too against. And he's gonna be awful. <laughs> yeah, and then he's gonna. It's, it's gonna be a repeat of last year. Yeah, I, I hope for the Oilers' sake and Connor McDavid's sake, most importantly, that he's all right and the Oilers can actually make a run this year. I hope that they just because have... we, we we need Connor McDavid in the bit in like a meaningful game. And Leon Dreisaitl. David Leon Dreisaitl in meaningful games, not against the Blackhawks. Yeah, he <laughs> is not fun. Oh my god! Yeah. So, uh, how do we get to Mike Smith? <laughs> it's really. I feel like with hockey, it's hard to not get to Mike Smith. He is the. He is an enigma. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he was part of the 2014 uh, gold uh, gold medalist Canada, but he didn't even play a game. But his, his, his veteran presence was there. Yeah, that's true. Which, by the way, if Crawford was not injured that year, he would have been the third string goalie. Politics. Yeah. Uh, buh, 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 buh. So, Kirby Duck. 
He this is interesting because he is back way earlier than expected, and obviously you're brought off. He he's their uh, trade deadline acquisition. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting because if the Blackhawks were not doing well, then obviously you don't play them. But now that you got a chance to go for the playoffs, you know maybe you think about eh, maybe we get him a few games earlier than expected. Um, which I don't like, but hockey. I don't, yeah, I'm not comfortable with this, but like, uh, boy, if he's good to go, then let him go. I, I like to think the doctor, like the medical staff, knows what they're doing. So if they do put him back in there, he will be healthy. But at the same time, you know what? What if they're in the thick of it? And it's like, oh, we need Kirby Dak, and it's like, his, sir, his his wrist is still broken. We need him to play. We need to make the playoffs. And then does he have a wrist? Yes. Yeah. Play him. <laughs> play him. Play him now. Yeah. But. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> It's it's like that whole hockey culture of yeah yeah I'm gonna play through that I'm gonna play he just like painfully grabs it and he's like you can hold a stick get him out there Johnny yeah it's like Johnny Oduya from the 2015 Cup final where he didn't even have the wrist where he really just had to like go like this with his stick like without his left hand it was oh I gonna be Kirby Doc out there did he do that yeah I'm pretty sure because I noticed that oh. oh yeah. Watch some games. Tyler Johnson. Speaking of 2015, I, I, I really, I, I'm still of a belief that that really affected his career. Yeah, I do too. Because he had, if they won the cup that year, he probably wins the Conn Smythe too. He was unreal that playoffs, and he, he was a very good player. That you know, before that, he was fantastic. And you know, I don't watch the Lightning. There's a lot that I don't know, um, but I, I just can't. I just can't think that that didn't affect his career because it just I mean, went. He became just a guy from there. Yeah, he's got a cup, but yeah, he could have been way better. Sure. He could have been something special. Kind of yeah. reminds me of Ryan Kessler. Remember 2011 oh. round against Nashville, where he just gave it his all, and he probably won like won the Conn Smythe too. Had Vancouver won the cup, but like after that series, he was never really the same after that because he just gave it his all. And like after they they lost in Game Seven, I'm pretty sure he was injured. I forget what it was, but he was just never the same after that. Yeah. Oh man, remember when Ryan Kessler was a Blackhawk in the off season? Yeah. Then he was. But Brad Richards is better because Brad Richards <laughs> actually won the Stanley Cup and won a Conn Smythe, so you know, and Canadian and not a, a gross American, so you know. Brad Richards. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, Kirby Doc. If <laughs> if. If, Look at us getting away from. Well, no, not really. I mean, we're it's on topic, but yeah, like you said, it, it, it you know, you know, NHL teams are going to be NHL teams. You hope that they're going to give them some time. You did mention though, there isn't that, you know, that that I. Uh, oh God, look at me looking for words, but there's not that I. Uh, they're not in love with the idea of the playoffs as much as you would be no, in previous seasons. No. I don't I, think a little bit. I personally don't think they're going to rush him back. But if he's good to go, man, and the, like the doctors say he's good to go, let him go, man. Yeah, if he really is good to go, absolutely. That's Don't you're... rush him. That's like the only thing. Regardless of the circumstances, if they're right in it, if they're just like they've lost 10 in a row and they're way out of the playoffs, don't rush him, dude. Yeah. Whatever but you do. All that... the fans and analysts and beat writers saying, you know, don't rush him. And then Stan Bowman's like the DW from uh, from Arthur. Now, I can't. I... This time, stop me! I can't read. I can't read. Every time, every or it's like time. SpongeBob in the boat with Mrs. Puff. Floor it, floor it. No, don't floor it. And then he floors it anyways. <laughs> floor it. 
but yeah. Um, uh, like Kirby Doc, dude. Uh, you, you don't rush him back because that guy is your future. He is your future franchise, and yeah. Well, it obviously sucks he didn't, couldn't play this year, but this guy's got 10, 15 years ahead of him. In a weird, in a weird way, I'm glad that the wrist injury was it was as, it was as uh, intense as it was. Bear with me because if this is a oh he sprained it, he, oh it's a little tiny fracture, and it's not enough to where it's you know noticeably bad. He's gonna play through that, and I don't really want to know what's gonna happen from there. So I'm glad it was. It was noticeable enough. It was blatant enough to where you know he he's taking the time out and whatnot. And hey, you know some guys come back and they're a better player. You know we've seen it with rookies. We see it with Boakfist. And yeah, it wasn't a wrist injury, but you know you it's it's been a thing in general. You see you see this happen with young players and players in general. Sometimes they just come back stronger for whatever reason. So maybe that's an athlete thing. Maybe that's just a mental thing. But uh, I'm I'm really just hoping that happens with him. I I think if I there's anybody in this Blackhawks team aside from a guy like Patrick Kane, if you know someone's going to come back from an injury like that and come back stronger, I just kind of feel that it's Kirby Doc. He just kind of has that extra gear to him. Regardless of when he comes back, that guy's going to be shot out of a cannon. I have exactly. confidence he's going to be he's going to be crazy. He's going to go sicko mode. I know it. Bro, sicko but, mode. Yeah. Bro. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. To your point. Um, to your point. Piggyback off your idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's get to the Blue Jackets a bit. So we got a few things here. Um, I I just wanted to touch on really quick. I love John Tortorella, which is crazy to say. Um, 2020 it happened, and of course it was 2021. I say that, but uh, I again don't know. I'm a Blue Jackets fan. I don't watch this guy every night, but I would be uh, I'd be wrong if I said that Blue Jackets fans don't want him out of there badly. Um, and you know it's it's a what have you done for me lately kind of league. Um, and there's another example of that. Um, yeah, so we've seen uh, we've seen this uh, it, mostly with Line. A. Um, I'm not sure what you've seen, but you know everything I've seen from uh, Blue Jackets fans and just uh, Twitter folk in general is uh, he's not playing badly at all, and he's he's putting up points for them, and he's actually seemingly trying his best on defense. But he gets benched for well, God, what was it? He saw two minutes in the third period and none of overtime against the Panthers mm. when they blew a four-one lead versus them. And you know, Line A obviously a very polarizing figure. Um, but oh man, like I, Torts has his guys and he has his not guys. But I after that report came out about the reason Line A being benched. Um, you know, being notably sat down uh, had to do with him having an altercation, a verbal altercation with, I believe, an assistant coach. Yeah. Personally, I, I mean, I want to see Line A succeed, and I want to give the guy as much credit and, you know, the benefit of the doubt as much as I can. But I start to wonder if there's something going on behind the scenes because I don't think that you put a guy on the bench like that because of how he's been playing, the way, the way specifically Line has been playing. Um, what do you think about that? So we bring up the fact that they blew up that four blew that four one lead against uh, Florida. If there was any chance for them to get back into the playoff push, it was that game when they blew it. I that's an interesting situation there, man. Because Tortorella, I feel in a way, is better with a team without superstars. It's weird because you look at last year's team. He 
they really had no business in making the playoffs, and they made it. You obviously have purely Dubois, but like a lot of their players seem like they're role players, and it just seems like John Tortorella does that. But as soon as he gets a, a superstar, I know he didn't do this with Panarin, but it seems like with a lot of the stars that he's had with There's over Panarin. the years, yeah. Um, but it seems like with a lot of the stars he's had over the years, even going back to his days in Tampa Bay with guys like Vanilla Cavalier uh, and uh, I think Brad Richards in Tampa Bay and New York, it's just, it seems like there's always some kind of conflict there. Again, I don't know John Tortorella. Like, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. This is just me as a, a stupid-ass podcast host trying to make an observation here. But, man, oh, man. Uh I think he's a great coach, like the systems he implements, how he gets his team to buy in defensively. Um, but they're, I, I don't know, man. Like, it just, like, from all I've heard, Patrick Line has been doing quite fine. Even Jack Roslovic has, has really found a home there. But but that's the difference is Jack Roslovic yeah, an energy depth. He's more, of a, he's more of a role player, whereas Patrick Line. John Tortorella, game time, game time plan, no good players. Yeah, players. The uh, blue jacket or the <laughs> the CB stands for competent bums. <laughs> They're they are competent bums and Mark Donks and Buzz Flibbits. They, they really are. They really are. Yeah, you know you you really did nail it on the head. A guy like Brad Richards, you know, both in Tampa and New York. Yeah, uh, I did not know about Tampa. No, New York, I very no, much. and I think he had like a fallout with Mary. It just seems like he has a lot of issues with the, his star players. I don't know what it is, but yeah, unless it's like a Patrick Kane and Artemi Panarin or a Sidney Crosby, he just kind of wants you to fuck off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where yeah. they're just so damn good, you can't like. It's like okay, we'll let them do their thing. But Patrick Line, he's not at that level yet. Where he has carte blanche to do whatever he wants. He can just go out there and do his thing. Whereas Patrick Line, kind of still has a lot to work on in his game. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I, I, I root for guys like that who, you know, these high draft picks. Jesse Pugliarvi, same draft, uh, two picks, two picks afterwards. It, it's nice. It's so nice to see a guy like that finding his stride after everybody was talking down on the guy, after he was labeled a bust. To yeah. Know. Um, it, it is nice to see. It's really nice. To I don't see know him. if he's gonna be a superstar, but he's definitely an impact player. Oh yes, did I say superstar? Oh gosh! Uh, it doesn't matter, but like either way, the he's point is be a, he's probably not going to be a top five level pick, but he's oh, going to no. be a good pack player. He'll be a really good top six guy, and it's just Jesse Puliarvi is just it's it's nice seeing the guy have fun. He's just having fun out there, you know. I don't know. It, it's great to see him play. He, he always has a smile. to see him succeed. I think Dave Tippett said that he's like he's always having fun. He's always having. He always fun. has a smile on his face, dude. Every time I see like picture of him, he, he has a huge grin on his face. Highest tongue out for sixty for sure. I wish I wish I had that much fun in life, but you know that's a different, way different issue. Oh god, that's for the existential part of the five. Yeah, don't worry, we'll get into that soon. Yeah. For anyone interested. But uh, yeah, I, I really want to see like see a guy like Line a succeed, man. I really want to see him because he does have the potential. He's been there and he has a potential to get back to. You want talented players to be good because that's better for the game of hockey. That's more it's players. Fun to watch. I like yeah. watching players. Child. Yeah, good players. Good players. A uh, good player uh, goes out there, plays a very, uh, a very good uh, two-way game. Uh, he gets into the corners. He, uh, he really battles for the puck out there, and uh, gets he gets his, he's very hard nosed. Gets his, gets in front of the net, and uh, yeah, yeah, plays the game. It kind of sounds like Obama and 
Mike Babcock at the same time. <laughs> Obama cock. Yeah. Obama cock. Whoa. Uh, Whoa. Not the podcast name at all. Um, <laughs> we would get banned. It's like yeah, we finally yeah. got we finally got our podcast on on uh, iTunes, and it's like, oh, it's Obama cock. Now you're, you're out of here. Oh, Apple Podcasts. Why? Uh, well, we, yeah, you know, sir, the podcast name is Obama cock. <laughs> Um, but uh, speaking of role players that work into the system, here's a guy who we all thought would fit perfectly into the system, Max Domi. You know, hard-nosed guy, gets to the net, all that good stuff. But Well, he's skilled, but he's like... He works he's like he, hard. Yeah, he he kind of has an edge to him, yeah. Exactly, and, you know, can uh, one, one punch drop Ryan Kessler. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, that's a guy who, you know... It's it's really a shock that he hasn't worked out in Columbus, but uh, I believe you mentioned that he has been made available. He's had uh, nine points in 28 games, which is... Uh, I don't know. I think, man, like, that just seems like someone you can buy low on, and, man, the Blackhawks should actually absolutely take, like, a look, at least a look at that. Yeah, and that's, you know, we talk about... Uh, uh, we talk about, yeah, we don't want him to add a piece, but that's not – this isn't like, you know, a playoff push kind of guy. This is a more of a Dylan Strom guy that you can you can buy for Recognition cheap. project, yeah. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, kind of look at Drake Kajula. You know, like that's a guy who, you know, sort of a reclamation project. You, you swapped people. You could probably swap a player for Max Domi. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd, I'd be on board with that. Maybe you swap a Dylan Strome for a Max Domi? No. Mm-hmm. Well, no. I mean, on paper, you don't do that right away. You there is an idea. Swap yeah. a Dylan Strome and get a pick and a Max Domi. Hmm? Yeah. Because I don't see you. Man, I I where does Dylan Strome fit in with the center the center four? You know, Max so, Domi, you can put him on the wing and stuff. For Dylan Strome, you can't really do that. He's a he's I a natural center. I mean, Columbus gets a center. You know, they get a they get a center, a probably one of the most pure playmakers in the NHL. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you hey, give us Domi, give us a pick, and you you get rid of a guy who really probably won't be in your future plans with Taves and Doc being your one and two, and having Philip Kurashev coming up, having Lucas. Well, yeah, Lucas Reichel's played center. Even even Pius Suter has played a lot of center this year. And uh, once Tazen Dockett gets back, like you can bump him down to your third-line center role. Strom is your most expendable player. Not that he's, you know, not that he's really bad by any means, but you, he's probably the most you get in return in terms of players that you can move, you know, of those centers. You're not going to let go of a guy like Kershaw right now. You're not going to let go of a Pius Suter. Dylan Strom has, you know, it, it's been kind of tough getting him to uh, be what he can be. Of course, he really, you know, just – a total burner when we when he was first acquired by the Hawks, but next season, you know, point hey point per game was not very bad at all. Um, injuries were there too, and he hasn't been bad points wise this year, but a lot of points in the power play, and he just seems to kind of be struggling. Power play merchant? Question mark? Maybe, maybe. And you know, it's again, this team is not very good. They don't drive play very well. A guy like Strom probably would flourish in a team that can drive play. Um, you know, so it, I guess maybe you're staying, you're worried that you give up a guy like that before, you know, you can become a team that can uh, play to his strengths. But I mean, if you really do want to take a run at Max Domi, I mean, the guy who's only a couple of years younger, 
I, I, I wouldn't be against it. I wouldn't be against it. So what do you think? You agree? Yeah. Um, Good, because if you weren't, you'd be wrong. Yeah. Wrong. But uh, here's a trade that actually did happen. Uh, uh, you don't agree with my opinion? Oh, me. that's fine. That's okay. Be wrong. That's fine. Is that how you do it in the U.S.? Well, have you seen our politics? Yes, it is. Look at one. Look at God. Look at one post on Twitter, Facebook, anything. Yes. But uh, not to get political, but uh, I, I think there was a solid trade here with the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, Miko Lettinen for uh, Vinny Vivalin. Um, like I told you, uh, not saying his name. Uh, Finnish goalie. Finnish dude. Finnish guy. Finnish. Uh, the guy. Yeah, he's the, the guy. guy. The fucking guy. I asked the fucking guy, and he said, Vanny Vavilainen. Three people are going to get that joke. <laughs> and, and, and good, too, though. Well, if you'd assume three people actually even listen to our show, but, uh, you know. Man, we're going to get above two and a half eventually. Okay? Yeah. I'm hoping. Two and a half, man. Two and a half. <laughs> that is fucking terrible. <laughs> I don't um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Charlie Sheen is watching our show. Call that winning, am I right? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't want to be associated with that man in any sort of way ever. Um, Fine, Ashton Kutcher. His name ever again on this podcast. <laughs> Nico Lettinen, he was drafted by the. He was drafted by the Predators? Was he actually? Wait a minute. No, no. He says undrafted. I'm seeing a picture of him in a French jersey. What is this? That might have been in, like, a training oh, yeah. camp. Like, uh, yeah. That's always so weird to me. That's always so weird to me. Like, it's the- like how I think Brandon Hagel was in a Montreal jersey. Oh, wait. Yes. He you- was there. He was invited to, like, a training camp at, like, a, smart- a trial. Trade. You know, you, you're a smart guy. You say smart things. I'm going to look that up because that is, like, a weird, like, it's just, it's just, like, a, Weird enjoyment of mine. I don't know why, but so here's the thing: Miko Lentinen, last year in the KHL, he had 49 points in 60 games as a defenseman, and that's a low-scoring league, hard to get points. That's pretty good. Before he came back to North America, um, he had 17 points in 17 KHL games, which is just ridiculous. And uh, a lot of Toronto Maple Leafs fans were hyping this guy up. Well, you know, this guy is going to play in our top four, and unfortunately it didn't work out that way. He did have three points in nine games, but uh, it seems like Toronto's kind of find, found their guys that they want to play with, and he kind of fell out the picture. And Columbus, I don't know what their defensive situation is like, but um, – uh, they have, obviously, Redsky and Jones, but after that, who do they have? So, you know, taking a chance on Mika Letton and uh, Toronto, or Columbus is actually fairly deep in goalies right now. Obviously, you got Corpus Allo and Merge Lincolns, who are relatively young, still young enough to have a impactful career. And I think they have Ter- Daniel Tarasov, another good goalie prospect. So, you know what? Why not trade one of your uh, goalies to Toronto and uh, get a defenseman back? And for Toronto... And for Toronto, you have a bunch of defensemen. Why not take a chance on a goaltending prospect on account of you might not have Frederick Anderson next year? So it, it's such a minor trade, but it makes sense for both teams. It's a hockey trade. Yeah. That's just a good goddamn. That's a good one-for-one one trade, but except it's not good Canadian kids. It's uh, gross uh, pinko fin, fin, Finnish players. You're right. It's awful. Um, so, so I'm going to show you this picture. Uh, I guess if we have video on YouTube, they'll see it too. Uh but at least Pierce, uh, very cursed image, uh, very cursed image. Oh my god! <laughs> That's what you get. 
you're never making the finals again. We got your guy. I'm sure Montreal right now is just absolutely shaking looking at Brandon Hagel. No, we got Corey Perry instead of Brandon Hagel. No. God. Oh, no. I was going to make a joke. I couldn't think of anything. So now I'm just awkwardly silent. But, uh, yeah. That's that's us, like, half the show. Really? Don't make me think about that. But, yes. It's – I'm trying to – can you think of a player who has been at somebody been in a Blackhawks camp that went to somebody else's team and found success, like solid success? Not that I can think of, but Nico Dawes, remember that? Was at our training camp. Uh, Had a pretty good year. I think he won gold with Canada, and now he's with the Devils, I think. But who cares? We got Lincoln, and we won. reason he's with them is what – you remember this, right? Yeah, I do. I uh, remember That's it, and I hate that I do. Messed up paperwork. Yeah. How does that happen? Well, you know, it's kind of surprising with such a competent GM like Stan Bowman that would happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's just honoring his his predecessor, Dale Talon. Let him do yeah. his thing. You guys just don't understand hockey. We we have we haven't been there, so I we can't really talk, Pierce. You know, to be fair, so I, I really have to. I can't make any comments on that as someone who hasn't been there. Um, Speaking of defense, Jake Gardner's on waivers. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess he is. Yeah. What's with Carolina and signing their these defensemen like Calvin DeHaan? They don't need and Jake Gardner when they don't need them, and then you get rid of DeHaan, and then now you're putting Gardner on waivers. Like you got Slavin, you got Hamilton, you got Pesci, you got guys in your system like Bean and Flurry that can step up for cheap. So why are you signing Jake Gardner to these contracts? I know it isn't a horrible contract, but like why? I I don't get it, but. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see if he can find a home because he has really good possession stats. Ooh. He's okay offensively. He's two more years after this at four. Sorry, but that's the that's the thing though is the contract. If he made less money, like and it's not a horrible contract, but like, are you gonna pick that up for waivers? You would have to swap some money to make that work if you wanted to get him that badly. Yeah, exactly. Here's the thing. It's basically the Calvin DeHaan contract again. Yeah. Jay Gardner is not as effective. Is not as effective. I don't believe for your team as Calvin DeHaan was. Calvin DeHaan was playing minutes. That Jay Gardner is just kind of on the outside looking in. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's a, that's a, that's not a smart contract. He's got a modified no trades clause. Oh uh, boy. That's where it just gets even worse. Yeah. Ah oh, man. But. Chicago, Carolina, they've got some, uh, they've got some connections. Oh, so what you're saying is the door off for uh, Gardner? Yeah, got it. That's what I'm saying. That's, That's what I'm saying, saying Brooksy. Got the door you had. Jake Gardner and uh, and uh, Jake Bean in a first, and uh, Marty Natchez is exactly what I'm saying, Brooksy. Let's go. Let's go. Just, just make it happen. Submit yep. that to the league. It happening right now. Oh, by the way, Keith Kincaid shut out the Boston Bruins just now. Oh, uh, I just added that in there. Makes me happy. I appreciate that. <laughs> Speaking of uh, good performances, Kirill Capper's off. Oh boy, six points in the last five games. Uh, Patrick last night. I mean, he's really. It's what's impressed me the most is how well he's kept ahead of Kevin Lankinen in points. And uh, no, that's, I, that's, that's, not, that's not that's not easy, man. It's not. But you know what? 
you know, another rookie just like Alexi Lafreniere doing a good job of it. And that's not something easy to do, but they're doing it. So, I mean, you know, full remarks to him. But uh, we were talking about him before the podcast, Kaprizov, and, you know, player comparables. Who do you who do you see in him? I don't know. Uh, I think he's quite a unique player because he's not a big – he's not a, a tall guy, but, like, he's so strong on his skates. And he, he has such a unique skating style. And it's like – I don't know. Are you saying he's too small for the league? Yeah, and he's too Russian. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, too lazy. Even lazy. though he works his tail off every shift and is, uh, yeah. from what I see, a I did see this tweet where Kirill Kaprizov goals look more cooler than Connor McDavid goals because McDavid just does it so effortlessly, whereas Kaprizov is just like working his ass off to get it done. Seriously. Like, what a dog. I mean, it, it it's. It's it's so fun watching the guy play. I mean, some of the most beautiful edge work I've seen from an NHL player, and we've seen Crosby, Quinn Hughes, guys like that. So that that, that is very Matt Barzell. Uh, yeah. Oh my God, Barzell. Yeah, that guy. Jesus, I think I could fit my entire body in one of Matt Barzell's thighs. <laughs> that guy has I mean, cannons. No Dylan Larkin or Sidney Crosby though. That, that is a good point. Dylan Larkin, man, just looks like the skinniest guy, but you know that he's got, like, <laughs> you know that guy's got cannons for legs. Oh, yeah. And as we see in that commercial, he has a quite good hockey butt. Yeah. Good Hashtag hockey butt. Yeah. He's it's got just... that Pixar butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe this. Wow. In Ray and the Last Dragon, not even a Pixar movie, but he plays the mom. This is insane. <laughs> a very good typecast. It is a typecasting, but again, a very good typecasting. I do appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Kevin... Enough about your films, Jimmy. Oh, yes, you're right. <laughs> but, uh, um, I mean, who do you see? I mean, it, it's a halfway mark. Um, who do you want to put your money on? Does Lafreniere go uh, Connor McDavid 2016? Uh, do you think Kaprizov carries it on and he gets the uh, he gets himself the calendar? Or I, do you think Kevin Lankinen, uh continues to be Jesus himself for the Blackhawks? I think Kaprizov wins it just because, like... One, he's younger than Lincoln, and he's already old enough. But, like, the way not only has he been so good, the way he's transformed that Minnesota Wild team, is he the best thing that's ever happened to that franchise? Half a season in and half half of a short season in. I can, I can, here, okay, so here's my theory. What, how is he the best thing that's happened to the Minnesota Wild? I, I, I actually hear people talking about him, and I saw him in an ESPN highlight. That's how you know you're. Has that ever happened for the Minnesota Wild? It has. But has it ever happened for them? No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not only that, the Wild are playing great. They are second in the division and second in points percentage. I And I did not expect any of that. They're ahead of Colorado and St. Louis, which is quite impressive. I did not see that coming. I thought Kaprizov was going to be good, but I didn't think his impact would be that good on the team. It's because he he's playing he with centers like Victor Rask. He's over from the KHL. He's carrying yeah. current presence over. That is why it was in front of us all along. And he's making replacement centers like Nick Butestad and a Victor Rask look competent because he's that good. Off of them. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. But, uh, that that pass he had to Nick Bukestad and Nick Bukestad just looks at him like Jesus. <laughs> um, well, the fact that someone like Kevin Fiala is an afterthought, like that's really good for them. Oh yeah, Kevin Fiala was, was shortly the best thing to happen to the Minnesota Wild, and then Kirill Kaprizov said, "Kirill Kaprizov writes," and he came in and he played. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's exactly what he said. That's exactly what he said, and he put a little uh, he put a little finger in the emoji after the fact did. that you got Marco Rossi on the way, and you got Eric oh. who's looking fine. Uh, it's not uh, looking bad for the for the Minnesota Wild, and you also got a you know what I've heard? Capo Kakinen as a potential Calder candidate. Oh. No, Kakinen, I really like Capo Kakinen. Uh, probably my, uh, maybe my favorite player whose name starts with uh, the pronunciation of Capo Kako. Um, yeah, and isn't a bust, am I right? Everyone yo, knows. get him. Yo, own that bozo. Let's go. Because we totally tell, tell someone's play, uh, career by their first year, you know, Dude. that determines whether they're good or not. Joe Ford definitely did not have seven points in 55 games. Nathan McKinnon definitely did not have uh, 38 points in 64 games in a second season. That never happened, any of that. That's, man, do listen, but that's, you know, but we just started the Capo Caco pack watch. Now you had to run that for me. <laughs> what am I going to, how am I going to get my clout on Twitter now? Come on, man. Uh, anyways, no, yeah, no, Minnesota anything. and Colorado both have two games in hand on St. Louis. Uh, Colorado has one point less. Minnesota has the same as St. Louis. Chances are they're going to win one of those two games, and they're going to be tied with the Vegas Golden Knights. Wow. <laughs> Dude, Looking at the division, this man. Looking at the division, is Colorado really as good as they everyone hyped them up to be, or are they just on a bit of a rut right now? <laughs> But I did just find it. Uh, well, I mean, there's one of them is, you know, very significant. The other not as much. So, I mean, to get the significant one out of the way, uh, Dennis Gilbert uh, since March 5th. Oh, man, I wonder how they got him. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> I'm just here trying to make a joke and have a good time. And you just got to. Anyways, um, but uh, in all seriousness, Kale McCarr uh, was injured March 9th. Uh, I do not know what injuries they had before that. I can't find that here. Uh, but they have been they they had a game postponed against uh, Arizona back on February 24th. So, you know, kind of a place to uh, to kind of pinpoint a, a stretch, um, just for the sake of it. Um, their last nine games since then they have been uh, six and three. Um, so I mean, yeah, I, I don't think they're doing too bad. Um, the McCarr injury, they've won the uh, next two games since then. I'm guessing he got injured in the loss against Arizona on the eighth. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's the two wins were against, or it was against Arizona and LA, not exactly powerhouses, but the Kings have been They're good. They're not bad teams either. Not That's all. not nothing. Not at all. Um, so, I mean, I don't think they're, I think they'll be okay. I mean, I'm, they had a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, a, a meh stretch. I think they'll be okay. I think that McCarr injury could hurt them a little bit, but honestly, I I don't know. I, I don't. I, I can't doubt a team with Nathan McKinnon. And, and remember that too. That Nathan McKinnon was out for a little bit, and that's. And you know, sure. Um, again, we mentioned you know you lose. You know, there are some teams like the Penguins. You know, they lose. Uh, they lose an arm and they get three back. They're like. Yeah. Just, they're like Wolverine. You know, just mm-hmm. regenerate. Okay, listen, man. Um, I don't need to be bullied for my comic book, my nerdiness. But here I am. Here you are doing it again, real nice, real, real professional. Here I am, very like a hurricane. Oh man, yeah, I think we both have our problems clearly. What? No, we don't. We're we're perfectly sane human beings. Yes, we're not nerds at all. No, but uh, but there's always that one player. I mean, I feel like the Penguins are the only team I've ever seen where they can lose their top guy. 
which you could any team could have a Malkin or a Crosby in their prime, and they're 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 your top guy, and they could lose a guy like that, and it's like whatever, it's fine. I think they're oh, even times both of them were injured. Oh I, yeah, yeah. So I mean, but I feel like that's just not something you can expect. You know, a Patrick Kane. You know, even with a good Blackhawks team, you lose a Patrick Kane, you're not going to be the same team. Uh, and I feel like the Avalanche, I'm not sure they're as deep as that Blackhawks team was. And uh, so you lose a guy like McKinnon, you go on a bit of a tough stretch. Um, you, you just, you're not the same team at all. And, you know, we'll see how much this Kale McCarr injury affects them, though I do think that they're deep enough on defense to make up for that, you know, and, uh, you know, kind of stay afloat. But, uh, yeah, I guess to uh, put it extremely long and way, uh, way too over-explaining, I I can't count out the avalanche. I honestly could see them leapfrogging up to second place. My opinion. There's so, any, oh. oh, you go, sorry. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so I only wanted to bring up a couple of prospects. Conveniently timed, our friend of the show, Scott Powers, another article we're going to read out, oh. um, released an article called Blackhawks Prospect Stockwatch, who's up, who's down in the Chicago's farm system. Obviously, the first one, Lucas Reichel, he has two points today, and I think he's up to 21 points in 24 DEL games, which is just ridiculous. I think now he's probably going to be on the team next year, or at least in the system next year. Um, Landon Slaggart. Uh, he has eight goals and 13 points this season. It doesn't say how many games, but uh, yeah. Drew Camiso, I was actually looking him up. Uh, 22 games for Landon Slagger. 22 so games, played. perfect. Um, so Drew Camiso, the goalie we drafted in the second round, um, he has a 923 save percentage in nine games with Boston University, and he has a 2.75 goals against average. Now, I haven't looked into the team and how well they're playing, but I'm assuming they might not be the best team or give up a lot of chances by looking by that goals against average and uh, save percentage. But yeah, 6-1-1, six, six, one one, 923 save percentage. I will look that up for you. Andrew Altibar-Makion had a two-goal performance in a recent 4-2 win. Uh, he has two goals, three goals and two assists in his last six games. Not bad. Uh, Wyatt Kaiser. Um, oh, yeah. Stock down. You know what this sucks? Jake Wise. Like, you look at the stock downs. It's players that have had injury issues. Jake Wise is there. Nicholas Norgrim. And down. Sorry? I thought you said stock was down. I thought that's what you were saying. No, the stock is down. That's what I was saying. Ooh. Oh. That's what I'm saying, Brooksy. You're saying, Brooksy? Yeah, well, yeah. Um, Lucas Reichel again, probably going to be on the team next year, or again at least in the system. Drew Camiso, that's promising. Kevin Lincoln has been great. Subban's been a good backup, so, but uh, it's nice to potentially give Camiso some time. Landon Slaggard again, another guy you could probably uh, put into your uh, bottom six, and then Andrew Altibark Macion, maybe someone you can call up in the event of an injury. Maybe he goes on your. Uh, goes on your taxi squad or whatever it's good so um the last thing i want to talk about new espn deal and oh. i you probably know more about this considering that you're american i'm canadian but uh i want to hear your whole thing on mbc sports because you've been saying that they've been done a terrible job with this and i just want to hear your thoughts on that because i really don't know much about that because yeah. in Canada, we have Sportsnet. I still think TSN is better, but it's not like end-all, be-all. Because Canada's Canada. They'll, they'll watch hockey no matter what. So, But yeah. it's way different in the U.S. I, you know, it's funny. Now you mention it. I, I've seen a lot more Sportsnet slander from uh, from Canadian people than TSN. So No, I like TSN better. 
Definitely. I just like I just like Bob McKenzie and James Duffy and like all those guys. I don't. I like I like Elliot Freeman and uh, Chris Johnson on Sportsnet, but like other than that, uh, yeah. No. Oh, you can't forget a friend of the show, Steve Dangle, obviously. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's always on with him. Um, I have to. I actually out of curiosity, maybe a few listeners learn a couple of things too. Who are like who do Sportsnet and TSN? Do they ever like borrow announcers from one another? No, they don't. Really? So who are TSN's announcers? So TSN, like, when TSN had the rights, it would be Chris Cuthbert and uh, Gord Miller. We were so blessed with that. Sportsnet, it's uh, Jimmy Houston. Thankfully, now we have Chris Cuthbert, which is nice. Um, I'm trying to forget who the other announcers are, but, uh, okay, yeah, it's Sportsnet, different. different. Is over... So Sportsnet is, like, over on the west side a bit? No, it's Sportsnet holds the national rights. I think they got it in 2014. TSN held it before that, and I think they have like a, I think it's 10 years, a little over 10 years, something like that. I think it's 12 years. Okay. I actually, I think it ends in like five years. I think I, I don't. I would have to look that up, but yeah. Yeah, you've introduced me to the, which is blessing of a voice that is Chris Cuthbert. Just, oh, Chris Cuthbert. He might be the best play-by-play announcer. Oh yeah, he's. You know what? I just feel like having a, a fun little conversation here before against the ESPN deal. Yeah. Who is your favorite? Who are your top two, three American announcers? Because you're you're very picky with American. yours. I don't know, man. I really don't listen to much American announcers, but I love John Forslund. Obviously, I love Doc. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of who else. But have you heard the LA announcer, Islanders announcer? Is his name? It's Brendan Frost, right? Yeah. Like yeah, he's good too. I don't know. I definitely like John Forslund and Docker, but like it could really be like anyone in that kind of that top three. I just love Chris Cuthbert because and Gord Miller because they've had so many iconic calls and in Canada and they've obviously they've even worked some games in NBC, so you hear them a lot if there's ever like an NBC game on. But oh, yeah, me, they're on. It's like Gord Miller. Gord, Cuthbert's done a bit more than Miller, but Gord Miller, man, oh my God, it's like he. he I think that he's. I think he's done less games over in America, and for that reason, it's just like when he's on, it's... Oh, yeah, his calls at the World Juniors are incredible. Him and Ray Ferraro are, like, the best. But the first thing the first thing that comes to my mind after all this is you talk about your favorite Canadian announcers and, you know, iconic calls, and where's Pierre Maguire in your list? But he's American, though. Mm, I think he's done some pretty great things on TSN, especially in the World oh, Juniors. Oh, yeah, you can't forget. Wham! Wham! Kabam! Kabam! I can't because Kalikin ice the puck. You can't forget. You can't forget the time where it's like, how does he drink that when he's in that astronaut suit? How oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and who can forget his? Who can forget his draft coverage? Carey Price oh. was a horrible pick. Again, part of the they got Jose Theodore. They got much more needs than this. Pick Montreal. Again, that's all part of like the top ten. Pierre McGuire, we're just going to look that up. You can't forget, you're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. Standing awkwardly close to Darren Detition, who, uh, by the way, is another, like, gem of TSN. And same. I just like TSN better. Like, they have so many, like, cool personalities. Like, they... I don't know if you know who Jay Onright and Dan O'Toole are either, but, like, they're... they were on Snyder, it's the best. They're so funny. I don't know. No, TSN, I... Let me put it this way. I didn't grow up watching Sportsnet Top 10s for hours on end. I watched TSN Sports Center with, uh, yeah. It was, I think Dan O'Toole, is he the one with the, uh, 
Bobrovsky little uh, his little joke there. I believe that oh, was that's Jay on right on the case. Oh, Jay on right, yeah. But I, oh man, yeah, those guys were a big part of my uh, big part of uh, me when I got into hockey. It's just, there's more personality to TSN. I feel Sportsnet is very. Uh... It's it's almost too Canadian, I guess. Like, there's not enough personality. <laughs> would be much better for TSN, is what you're saying. Yeah, TSN is way better uh, in terms of entertainment perspective. Like, like, let's go. And kind of going to ESPN, I I really don't know much about like how that works in America, but as soon as I saw that Stephen A. Smith video, I'm like. Oh my God, this this is probably so good because you bring up the I bring up the fact that in Sportsnet, like a lot of the personalities are very subdued. Like there's not a lot, and it's very like uh, unbiased with a lot of it, you know. Whereas you watch Stephen A. Smith, he's got his favorite players and all that, and hockey needs more of that. We're so um. Uh, Oh man, I don't even know what the word is, but we're so afraid to like stand out and like this is my team, this is my players. They're, like commentators want to be so unbiased, and I and it works a lot of the time. Like it's it's good. It's it's sometimes it's good to hear biased announcers, unless it's Colorado because Colorado has the worst announcers. But it just seems like a lot of the time in hockey we're so unbiased. Wild. Sorry, we're so unbiased or so unbiased. And we're afraid to take sides. We're afraid to show personality. And I think, I know, and just like watching that whole Stephen A. Smith, I know he's not going to like make a whole hockey segment, but even if he just talks about it a while, we need more personalities like that. And he like, oh man, you, you probably have a better gra- grasp on things because you live in the U.S. I don't, but yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on that. No, no, I'm actually like, I mean, I basically feel the same way. Uh, I, I I think the best word I can think of for what you're talking about, and it goes, it's just a part of hockey culture. And it, it really does go, I mean, there's, NBC seems to be trying to have personality, um, but it, it's sort of on the same level as what I've seen from sports. And it's not like anything more, anything better necessarily. Very bland. That's the word I was looking for. It's very bland. I think it's vanilla. It's safe. And that's, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Those... Yeah, same thing. And it's, you know, it's. Is our analyst going to join us again? Oh, uh, well, my my mom let her know that uh, I'm talking to uh, Mr. Pierce. So she's. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm very distinguished. Yes. Um, but uh, no, I, I really. I. Very dramatic over the top tweet. But the first, like, when it was finalized, I, I was in the car. Um, not texting and driving. I, I would never do that ever. Um, and uh, you know, I, I get the notification and I, I look at my phone and I, think I it was Chris Johnson who got first got word of it. It was yeah because I was uh, I was using my GPS to get home and I look at my phone and it just drops right down and you know it was that it was finalized and NHL News retweeted something like that and I uh, yeah I, I did kind of choke up in my car. I'm I, it's dramatic. Oh, really? It's over the top, but man, I've this league has so badly for so long, the entirety of my fandom since 2012, 11-ish, they've needed a shot in the arm in terms of personality more than any sport needs it. And and not just of the four major sports, but you include like soccer, tennis, because here's the thing about hockey. How many players exceed pop culture? Like how many, like if you're not even a hockey fan, how many players can you name 
without knowing the sport. Maybe McDavid, maybe Crosby, maybe Ovechkin, but like other than that, who? Yeah. Whereas um, basketball, it's LeBron, it's it's Steph Curry. Like you see so many NBA memes, you see so many NFL memes, you see so many even MLB ma- names. I mean, MLB is not the best either, but like it, just yeah. the sport of baseball, it exceeds pop culture. Like whereas hockey, it has a lot of trouble tapping into that. Max Kellerman himself said, like, yes, again, the guy who uh, I like less than Stephen A. Smith um, on there and, and tried to cover up his farts. <laughs> No. I'm sorry, but whenever I, I, I hear Max Kellerman, I, I, the first thing I think about is that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome, dude. Yeah, anybody listening who's heard, just heard that, please look it up. It's incredible. But, um, yeah, you, know, you, you see guys on ESPN saying that, and, you know, I don't think he's saying that in a means of to start something, which sort of he is, but... I mean, I know a lot of people are outraged, but like he's kind of not wrong. Yeah, like it should. It I think the thing is, hockey should be one of the major four sports, or five if you include soccer, or am I at least in North America? Absolutely. Well, in North, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, soccer is a worldwide sport. Nothing's ever going to top the popularity of soccer, but. In North America, you know, as in the USA and Canada, it should be a major four sport. Absolutely. You know, soccer always has that big spot. But mm-hmm. hockey, basketball, baseball. They're really in a tier of their own, soccer. Exactly. Exactly. So, here's, sorry, I sorry to cut you off, but, like, when you look at how much influence soccer has across the world, I think I, re- I read this thing where soccer follow, soccer players on Instagram will have, like, 200 million followers – Whereas someone is like LeBron James, I think they'll have like 50 million. And then you look at like the most popular hockey player, they might have a million followers. Like yeah. I think I'll bet you a million followers. That just I bet you it speaks too. Yeah, it speaks to volumes how much like sports like basketball and soccer have an impact on the world and not just the sport, but like how they handle things outside of that. Whereas hockey, it's very uh, just stick to hockey, you know, kind of thing, kind of do your thing where and not speak out about anything. Yeah, and that's – I think this is going to be – I think this is finally – I think this can help that. I think this can help be somewhat of a remedy for that, right? you got ESPN. Everybody knows what ESPN is. I'm sorry. If you're watching NBC, it's because you, you're you a hockey fan, right? What else yeah. is that show? Golf and horse races and, and race cars. It, <laughs> Who watches that? What's the demographic there? I don't have to say it. It's, it I mean, as much as... That's a get. That's a get. a get, you know, sexist. Um, <laughs> against white men. Um, but it's a, it's, it was a niche network. You watched NBC because you wanted to watch hockey. You wanted to watch golf because you watch golf for some reason, man. I'm sorry, not my problem. <laughs> and that's another thing. Golf. You know who Tiger Woods is. Like... Uh. <laughs> ESPN. There are going to be people who are going to be watching ESPN and go, "Oh, wait, hockey game on." There's hockey game on. That's the thing. There's not. There's a lot of hardcore hockey fans. There's not enough casual hockey fans. We need casual hockey fans. Thank you, thank you. And we need to, as a community, as hockey fans, we need to stop gatekeeping. Because we it's all... That's the whole thing. That's the yeah. whole thing. Hockey, there's 200 men. 
old white men. We're unaccepting of hockey. Like the way we treat each other on hockey Twitter is horrible. It's like you got one side. It's like ah, my eye test is better than yours, and then it's like ah, my 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 blue chart better than yours. Like it's just it's such a hard sport to get into, and we're not accepting enough. Like we're so it wouldn't be a hard sport to get into if. It was made accessible. I'm sorry, guys. Yes. I got 22 motherfuckers in the field. That's not yeah. easy to pick up right away. All of that. Hockey is just – there's a puck. They're trying to get it in the net. That's not – it's just – dude, just caveman brain. You can still get that. It, yeah. it, it's not – it's accessible as a sport. It's not accessible as a community, as a fan base. You I'll got, say this. Best sport on the – best sport on the planet, best – worst league in the planet. That's how exact yeah worst league in the planet and sometimes some of the worst fans in the planet. Just you know what no 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 not the worst fan base but when it comes to the worst fans the worst of them are the worst fans in any toxic, sport. Toxic, very toxic. Because you got you got people who are on Twitter and they go, this sport needs more fans. We need more fans and to spread the sport to people. And then one person goes, oh man, you know, I don't know who that Patrick Kane guy is. You know, you know like. Who's this Sidney Crosby guy? Oh, well, you fucking idiot. Well, you should know Sidney Crosby is the captain of the Pittsburgh Penguins and, like, you know, captain of the uh, Canada team. You know, it's yeah. like, let people – we're all dumb until we're smart. Let people learn, man. And that means that's a harsh way to say it. Yes. Like, let people be new to something. We're all new to something at some point. Come on. I'm still very behind in terms of, like, analytics. Like, I'm still learning a ton about that. Like, I'm <laughs> – and there's still so much more I can learn. Like hockey, you're never going to know everything about it. And that's the beauty of hockey because it's such a random ass sport. It's such a fun sport to watch. But the way we treat each other, the way not only on hockey Twitter, but in locker rooms, it's it's only like ah, I, if you're rich and white, yeah, you're probably good to play hockey. But it's like a lot of minorities have have trouble getting into it. Like how many times do we see new coaches get hired, not just recycle coaches like it's that whole hockey culture of that and it's so frustrating and we just need we need more we need a more like fly of a fly on the wall kind of person where it's like what the hell is going on here oh hockey oh that's a fun sport you know like we need more of that not more of it's like it's no, more like, of the same. no more of the same that yeah. is the last thing we need because what we have right now is not is not cutting it no yeah and it's it's great to see, like hockey has taken some step. It's not like completely shit. And I love, like you see the NHL account tweeting about women's hockey. I think that's great. But there's still so much more work for us to do. ESPN, I'm sorry. I I'm sorry. What am I saying? But like, maybe sorry for being like so dramatic about it. But I think this is the change that like USA hockey needs. So many people are going, and this is where it starts. People accidentally watch it. ESPN is ES fucking PN. Yes, they're not as good as they used to be, but they're still ESPN. They are the main news or sports news channel. They're the main sports channel. I mean, they're carrying games. Am I wrong? Like, they're carrying games on TV. Yeah, ESPN Plus. People are going to end up watching this. People are going to accidentally watch this, and that's what you need for the sport. You can't have any more people tuning into ES, like just tuning into NBC because. They're the only people that are going to watch that channel. You need to have people going, oh, hey, like, I'll watch this hockey game. Oh, hey, this sport's, this sport's fun. And then maybe someone watches it over and over. Maybe, or maybe they get into it, you know. Even if they don't, maybe you got some revenue. Cool, but more 
I can't say more than not, but eventually more than not, you're going to have people just watching this and going, hey, this is kind of cool. Because Man, I, this hockey sport ain't half bad. Yeah, because I actually had a channel. I actually had a channel that is putting it out there because – not because they're tailoring towards every old white man in the world. Like it, 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 it. <sighs> Did Stephen A. Smith say anything about hockey even as a joke? Like some of it being a joke gave me every bit of serotonin that I needed this entire year to stock up for the rest of it. Him doing that is it's better than any and that the NHL has ever done at marketing. Honestly, Evolving Wild has done a great job, but I think they can retire. I got all the analysis and hockey that I needed in those five answers, man. That was yeah. great. Anything Stephen A. Smith says, I'm like, yeah, you're right, man. Like, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm telling you, and I'm I'm not not a big basketball fan. Like I'm not you know I'm not up with that. I'm not up with football. Those are the two sports he talks about the most. So maybe I'd be bothered if you know he has wild takes, and you know he makes them wild because that's his job. That's what he's paid for. We all know it. And that's why have- people tune in, and that's why hockey has such a hard time tuning in because we don't have personalities like that. It's so bland. It's so vanilla. Like. It, regardless if it's a good or bad take, people will want to tune in to hear what it is. Like it. Oh, man. You bet Stephen A. Smith every single day of the week on TV. Let me tell you something right now. Let me tell you something. Just loud, out, just out there, proud, everything, man. He is himself. And then, like, the 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 the, the, the farthest that NBC ever gotten. It wasn't – I don't even know if it was NBC – was Mike Milbury going, soccer mom, Pierre McGuire. <laughs> that got soccer mom, Pierre McGuire. And he is the king of Chicago. Like, that's, compare that to Stephen A. Smith, like, arguing with, let's give the or Max. Every single day. Every day. And you get, like, with NBC, maybe you get, like, one, like, oh, okay there, buddy. <laughs> Jeez. Teased me there. You, it, it, I don't know what's the problem. <laughs> Pierre Maguire, uh, Mike Milbury, and Jeremy Roenick are just old white guys with no personality. And like you could, I would love to see a guy like Patrick Sharp go over to like ESPN and just like you can have a guy who's more of a quiet voice, but not like some old fuck. A guy who can make good analysis. You can't have you can't have people all yelling at each other, but you need a, like a balance. Yes, and like and, and at the same time, you can't have all quiet people. You need a balance. Hockey does not have fun, but I think that they are going to be forced to have fun. And I'm yeah. all sure. You're going to have fun and you're going to like it. Like that. Fuck yeah. I oh, I am all for it. Podcast name. You're going to have fun and you're going to like it. Yeah. What was, was going to be the original one? Obama cock. Well, it was the original <laughs> not title. And we're going to lose that way, I believe. Yes. Yes. You know what the best part about ESPN hockey back? The theme song. The theme song. Hey, even, or I shouldn't say even, but almost is good. You know what, personally? Nah, personally, even better is just the prospect of Gary Thorne coming back. He said he would like to talk to ESPN about it. And if I hear Gary Thorne announcing a national game on my TV, a hockey game, I am... I may die in that moment, and I'd be perfectly fine with Last that. Last time that happened was 2004, and you know, funny enough, Daryl Sutter was the coach of Calgary in 2004, and now he's now the coach there again, and I think a couple days after that happened, ESPN got the rights. Yeah. It's weird how that happened. The Bay Lightning, right? 
Yep. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Ruslan Fedotenko. Yeah, and that's another thing. They um, won in 2004. Tampa won in 2004. That was the last year they had the ESPN rights. Tampa wins again. I know they have the ESPN rights again. Kind of weird how that works. Man, it's just I just think it's funny how it's like poetry. It rhymes and it rhymes. Oh, that's a whole other issue, but man, like you, there's a whole documentary of the Phantom Menace making. I think it's like an hour and a half. Oh yes, it's oh. all behind the scenes, and you see the part where George Lucas is like, "I might have gotten a, t- a little too far." <laughs> <laughs> I have gone too far in a few places. It's Jar Jar. He's Jar Jar's the Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we get Jar Jar working, because we've never had a character like him before. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I mean, you're right about that. You're right about that. Yeah. That's um, hey, um, here's a cool fact. Uh, well, actually, I just want to mention uh, tonight. I'm actually going over to uh, a friend's place. I know a, a couple, uh, a couple couples. Um, and uh, one of them, we talk Star Wars all the time, and they're introducing me to another one, and they are watching Star Wars all the way through for the first time. They know nothing about the plot. Wow. They may not even know the, you know. They may not even know about the Darth Vader reveal. Wow. And I cannot tell you how hard it's going to be to keep my mouth shut tonight. It's I not have... only been out for almost 50 years now. Yeah, right? Jeez. Um, uh, yeah, there's actually, this is, a, this is a cool little fact. I don't know if you've heard this. The Duel of the, duel of the Fates, right? It's not. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. The reason. Oh wait, no, that's not the right one. That's that's do 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 do. Is that what it is? No, it, it's the Darth Maul fight. Oh, <laughs> that one. I can't wait to watch your video on Instagram and it's you playing the guitar and yet yeah, and then this that voiced over it. <laughs> Worked on some new chords today, boys. <laughs> Bro, okay. some I got this sick new chord progression. I just start playing guitar, throw it away, and I just grab like a like a like a clarinet and go beep 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 beep, beep, beep and I get like a singer behind me. <laughs> <That's> me. <laughs> I'm right here. Come on now, hell yeah! Right, you can you can be my singer. You can be my chorus. Yes. But uh, I, duel of the fates. It's a duel of the fates because Qui Gon wanted to raise Anakin the right way. He knows that the Jedi are like full of shit. And the way they're doing things is going to... That's why! Like Alex Jones. Yeah, Alex Jones actually wrote that about the Jedi. Um, but, Alex uh, Jones is a writer with... Imagine Alex Jones and George Lucas in the same room. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, Jar Jar's the key to all this. Oh, I don't like Jar Jar Banks. I don't think he's a good part of the plot. You know what? He's a liberal. That's why he's so goofy. He's, he's wrong with goofy. He's not okay. Just like all those liberals. Um, but like those liberals on Naboo, I can't so believe. So Qui Gon, um, so Qui Gon um, is uh, he like knows the Jedi? He's like, yeah, you know, they're they're gonna be damned if they keep doing this the way they are, and he wants to raise Anakin, and so the fates are Qui Gon lives and beats Darth Maul, and he raises Anakin the right way because he is this father figure that Anakin needs, and he wants to be his father, and he's actually gonna teach him the right way, and then he'll be fine, he'll be guided the right way, but because he dies. Obi-Wan, who's more of a brother figure to him, who, who just... You're my brother, Anakin! Yep. And that line, that's that's part of it. You know, like, that's the thing. And because 
Obi-Wan is kind of just like, you know, he doesn't always like the way the Jedi do things, but he's mostly, he's, you know, he he's just kind My of... My allegiance is to the Republic, to democracy! By the way, we've said that so many times, we're going to watch that together and do like a podcast on it, we need to do that. Once well, I moved in, because it's been so... Once you're moved in, we're doing it. Once your schedule clears up a little bit, and I got mine. Mine's cleared up a bit, so once your does, yours does, we are absolutely watching that. We are watching, uh, well, no, we're watching uh, The Room, trust me. Oh, yeah. I, you, know, oh, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know The Room. Brie Larson, right? No, 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 no. Or is that a different one? No, this is, this is, a lot of people have said that to me. Um, The Room, or Room, Room is Brie Larson. Fantastic oh, movie. Yeah, that's what, that's what The I Room. Saying. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do, I do, I do. Okay, good. I was like, oh no, this would this would be the most like this would be one of the worst like attempted references I've ever had. <laughs> okay, but uh, yeah, anybody who uh who likes content and uh the bullshit we do. Yeah. Oh, so short to the point, the Disney Overlord ESPN is taking over uh hockey and uh, Jar Jar Binks is a Sith Lord, and I believe we got our uh we got an analyst joining again. <laughs> We have to ask her the important question. Does she think Chicago's going to make the playoffs? Amelie, Amelie, do you think the Blackhawks make the playoffs? Playoffs. Yes, she said playoffs! What? Yeah, let's go! Let's go, Blackhawks! It's official, ladies and gentlemen. Hmm? I soap. Soap? <laughs> what do you want? I want soap. To clean out your filthy mouth. Yeah, my filthy USA brain. I can't blame her. I don't know what she's looking for, but I'm glad that she went back on her word and confirmed the Blackhawks will make the playoffs. You know, I, I'm very sure she went upstairs, she went on her computer, she cracked the numbers, and she came to the conclusion. So I'm yeah, very happy to hear that. Those spreadsheets, those Excel charts, all that stuff, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Like a, like, a, like a true hockey person. But uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add? I think we can end it off. It's a good place to end I it off. I think that is a very high note to end it off on. We finally got some confirmation and some hope for the Blackhawks this season from a trusted analyst in front of the show. Yeah, you know, definitely not a ESP or front of the show, ESPN insider, uh, Emily Kaplan. You know, none of that. None of that. No. Uh, I would say she gives oh. Emily for her money. Emily and Amelie, bro. I mean, this is kind of destined to happen. Wow! That's crazy, dude! That's crazy. Okay. Like Amelie Arena? <laughs> Is that what they named the arena after her, Amelie Arena? Yes, they did. Wow. Yes, because she's such a trusted hockey person. They had to. No, no, that's my mic, Amelie. And that's why they won the cup. And the only reason they didn't win a third cup was because of the Blackhawks. What's that? What's that? What's that? For a song? Grabs guitar and plays Wonderwall. Here, Amelie, here's Wonderwall. Anyways, here's Wonderwall. Well, you know what? Hell of an episode, and uh, you all heard it here. Blackhawks are making the playoffs this year. I'm very much looking forward to the Emily and Amelie Amelie, uh, crossover. Oh, yeah. And that's that's another cool thing. More Emily Kaplan. Yes, more Emily Kaplan. Absolutely. So I'm, like, keeping an eye on my niece at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well. All right, dude. Let's get out of here. The Blackhawks game is, like, in two and a half hours, I think, so. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully this actually, isn't... Actually, oh, she it is. It is, I'm... Are you trying Are you trying to correct me, sir? Oh, yeah. Oh, my sister-in-law says hi, too. 
Oh, oh yo, is that your cat? Yo, oh, is that your, your daughter, cat? Your daughter uh, actually confirmed the Blackhawks are making the playoffs this year, so she's perfectly fine down here. Yo, Jimmy, your cat is on the uh, is on your bunk bed, I think. Yo, what? Bro, bro, ask him what he thinks about the Blackhawks making the playoffs. You think the Blackhawks are making the playoffs, Apollo? He said yes. <laughs> That's the most cat thing ever. Just you didn't say yes. <laughs> so, all right. mean, pretty great. All right, dude. Yeah. Answers all around. Alrighty, dude. I think this is a good place this to end one for the fifth time, right? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're officially gonna end it here. I think, but oh yeah, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, it's been a crazy, uh, crazy month or so. Almost two months now. Moving all that stuff. Work. You know. You know how life be sometimes. So. uh yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, and uh, go Blackhawks, fuck the Panthers. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But I can't use any drum babies, so uh, go Hawks. Yes, go Hawks. Bye bye. <laughs>